MyMac.com podcast number 275. I'm Dave Cook, and I am this week's listener invite. You're listening to the MyMac podcast with your hosts, David Cohen and Guy Searle. And welcome everybody. As you heard by that uh, great sounding intro, we have a, a listener invite this week. Um, Dave Cook is his name. Hi, Dave. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, and I'm joined um, as normal by by my compatriot Guy Sell. As normal as I ever am. Well, yes, actually, normal is a relative term, obviously. Yes, very much so. Uh, and we also have uh, Guy's brother Larry Grinnell providing studio facilities for me again this week. And cricky chairs. Absolutely, yes. yes. <laughs> and and, he, and he's, he's just as normal as I am. Well, absolutely. Uh, and I can certainly mm, attest to that. Mm. I'm, I, will say, <laughs> I will say nothing more as he sat right next to me, but uh, there you go. So these killer cats. So, Dave, we've, just before we start the show, I've got, to, I've got to say, everybody, Dave came on uh, onto the Skype call and we were all just blown away by, by how great his, his voice sounded on, on the call. And, um, uh, you know, it turns out he's using some, some fairly heavy-duty audio equipment to, to generate that great sound, uh, together with his own natural ability, I might add. So, uh, so <laughs> Dave, I'm presuming you work in audio. Would that be correct, or is it a, that, a hobby? Yes. No, that would be correct. Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, and I've actually been a professional sound engineer for I I hate to say this but I just looked at the dates recently the year that we're in yeah and it's coming up on thirty years actually that's wow. pretty much all I've ever done yeah so um, is that in uh, commercial audio is that music or uh, it's right yeah, across the way mostly music uh, the bulk of my background has been in the the recording field and. I would say uh, probably probably about seven years ago or so when things really kind of took a turn in the recording business, uh, I kind of shifted over to li- a lot of live sound. Uh, right. So I do a bit of touring and front of house mixing and there's some tech work involved in that and all that good stuff. But it's all surrounded, uh, as, uh, centered around music. Okay. And where are you based? Uh, I am in, well, my, I live in Saugerties, New York, which is right next to, well, no one knows Saugerties, but it's right next to Woodstock, New York, mm. uh, about mm, two hours north of the city. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so, so is, that, is that where you actually work, though, in the city? Uh, well, I work. I, well, as I said, I do a lot of touring, so I'm working wherever. Uh, I do. I actually do a lot of work in the city. I was down there today, as a matter of fact. Um, but I, you know, I travel. I go. I do international travel. I, oh, I, very nice. I have a, Swede, a trip to Sweden coming up, and going to Vancouver in a couple of weeks. Luckily, during the uh, the Olympics, so that should be kind of fun. Wow! Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a field I would imagine that's changed immensely over 30 years. Uh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> so it's gone from, uh, I mean, do you tend to work mostly in the digital domain now, or is there still an awful lot of, of analog um, kind of approach and, and feel to it? Well, funny you should say that. Uh, I'd say, yes, primarily uh, digital uh, for, I would say, the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Uh, however, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, I do a bit of studio design work as well, and I'm in the midst of one right now. Uh, and the uh, the owner of the place wanted to stay as analog as he could, so we got uh, a very high end uh, sort of revamped analog machine. That was it's it's sort of the guts and the chassis of an old Ampex machine. Uh, but there's a company out in Pennsylvania that uh, rebuilds them and re- uh, redoes the heads and everything, and it's truly an amazing sound. So it can't be beat. Yeah, but so, you know, ob- obviously, like anything else, uh, analog to digital, you have a lot less flexibility in what you can do, and the cost is generally higher. Uh, half an hour worth of tape is one hundred and fifty dollars. So right, know. okay. Yeah. So I mean, given your, uh, you, I mean, do you prefer to work in the digital domain then, just because that ease of use and, and accessibility? Well, yeah. I mean, you, 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 there isn't much of a choice these days for for the type of music that this particular studio I was mentioning is uh, is, is centered around. Uh, it's it, it'll work well. He wants to do a lot of live recording of um, sort of uh, contemporary classical and world style music with not a whole lot of overdubs and production. So it's it actually is geared perfectly towards that style of music. Uh, right. Kind of almost a, almost a live approach. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, you know, we can razor blade cut between take. Uh, takes and everything, but as far yeah. as fixing overdubs and stuff like that, it just doesn't exist. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it once it's complete. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, so how long have you been a Mac user? Well, <clears throat> I um, I had my 
I had a what is it the five twelve the little nine inch original oh. Mac. Yeah, I had one of those. <laughs> However, so did Larry. That was my first one. Yep, it's a good little box, isn't it? Wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, I didn't do much with it other than play golf and things like that on it. Um, uh, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but when I and and, and I kind of had a shift over to Windows just because of some of the things that I was doing in those days. I'm sorry to say, but uh, as far as um, full-time Mac, it's been I'd say since '97. Right. 96, okay. 97. So. I, I use Pro Tools, uh, Digital Design Pro Tools. Yeah. Even though it's a cross-platform uh, program, it was really designed to be on a Mac, and that's really where it yeah. uh, likes to live. I must admit, whenever I've kind of fussed around with audio, I've always found, you know, on the Macintosh side, it, it does seem to be, it, it all, almost from the ground up, built in the operating system, it just seems to be a lot easier to do to do things on that than, than, than using Windows, where it always seems to be kind of awkward, and if you get it wrong, it, it kind of all goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's yeah. the you know Mac is the creative platform. And, uh, yeah, okay. And how long how long have you listened to my Mac? Your Mac or uh, my Mac? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'd, yeah, I'd say uh, I, I was trying to think about that actually, and I can't say exactly when, but it's probably been about three years. Okay. I remember if this uh, tells you, I remember uh, uh, John. Uh, what is it? Never, never. Ro- John. John. John Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he all, was on quite all, a bit. Yeah, we all call him Nemo because it's, Nemo, yeah, yeah. Quite a bit. and Bill Palmer. Uh, yeah. he was a, kind of a regular in those days. So that's about how long I've been listening. So was uh, Chad Perry still on the show at that point? I don't think so. I've heard him come back, but I don't think he was regularly in those days. When I okay, so it was okay. after the hundredth podcast then. Yeah. So I, I was already on. Yes, you yeah. were. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. Cool. And um, I, in, so you, you've you've had a, you had the first Mac and uh, the the, the one twenty eight and. Um, you know, you've you kind of it. You said you've been listening. Uh, you've been uh, using Macs since '97. So, kind of, how many Macs you have sat around you now? With it being a studio, do you have a lot of Macs? Or no? Well, uh, f- uh, funny enough, uh, my my studio rig is uh, is I basically built it to be portable. Um, I, I take it. I, I I can fly with it. Um, it goes in a couple of Pelican cases and it goes on a plane. Yeah. So I my main computer I run it off is actually a MacBook Pro. Right. Um, anything, any heavy duty or high end mixing, I do. I generally do it in a different studio where um, it's a. They have their own machine, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, so are, my, are you are you are, are you thinking that uh, coming up this year that that Apple may finally integrate some of the quad core chips that Intel has available? Uh, I, you know, I I can't say enough to give a, an intelligent opinion on that. It would be nice to see that, though, especially with some of the uh, uh, newer. Uh, uh, newer stuff that DigiDesign, I, from what I heard a couple of rumors about, is putting out. So, we'll, uh, you know, it'll probably all happen right around the same time. But I, you know, the truth is, I, <laughs> there's so much computing power in in the uh, Mac Pros and the MacBook Pros that it's it's hard for me. It's hard to even imagine how better they can get, <laughs> how much better they can get. Um, I must admit, when I when, once we started uh, doing the show differently, when 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 Tim moved over to Otherworld Computing. Um, and I started doing a lot more of the uh, of the processing for the shows. The first time I rendered out the audio file from GarageBand, um, it was the first time I thought, "Oh, well, this this is taking longer than I thought it was." Because I'm so used to with these modern MacBook Pros, kind of most things you do happen pretty much instantly. Yeah. Uh, so the first time I I kind of rendered the show out, and it and it took maybe about three minutes, something like that. I and mean, it wasn't a huge amount of time. <laughs> but, I, you know, I was watching the progress while I was thinking, oh, I'm not, I'm not used to it. This must be what computing used to be like on, <laughs> on the Mac. You know, back when everything used to take a long time. Well, yeah, <laughs> if I can give you a perfect example of that in the audio world, um, uh, in, in the, um, also in the audio world, world rather, uh, before Pro Tools was a multi-track platform like it is now, it was basically just a stereo editing uh, program. And I think, if I remember, it was called Sound Tools. I, I'm pretty sure that's the same program. Right. It goes back so far, but that was before I was actually using it as an engineer. I was still in the analog world, <clears throat> but I had um, I was working on a record uh, that needed some editing. And this is I wish I could remember the year, uh, but we took it to a studio and we did some pretty basic edits. But we would have to spend a very long time finding the exact edit points because it was destructive editing. Yeah. Uh, once right, we got so the point, no, yeah, no, no way going back. Yeah. Right. So we found the points. We said, "Okay, do it," and we literally can go get a cup of coffee and hang out for a little while while it did the edit. Yeah, and that's and to think about from where that's come, I'd say in, a, in the last fifteen years or something, or maybe a little more, to where it is now, it's just it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's still magic to me. I mean, when I look at what can go down an optical, you know, an optical pipe of you know multi-track audio and come out speakers sounding like it does, it's, it's just still magic to me. 
Well, even this process of uh, recording these shows, kind of, you know, people all over the place and, and you know, thousands of miles, and yet it all sounds like we're all, we're all sat in the same place in, in a good studio, what used to be considered a good studio, you know, is, is right. amazing to me. And of course, some of us have better microphones than others. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, always, I always think it's with, uh, with, with kind of audio equalization, it's not just... It's not just the gear you have, but it's the knowledge of, of what the settings are as well. Is sure. is what differentiates the men from the boys in terms of how people sound. Exactly. Um, so I, I'm, in, I, I'm going to ask this question. I'm interested in your perspective of this. As, as somebody who's, who's worked in the music industry for a long time, um, one of the criticisms that is often leveled at, at the MP3 player generation and the iPod in particular um, is that it's moved us away from people who recognize and understood and, and, and listen to audio created in the studio by engineers and, and producers right. who knew what they were doing into something where everything sounds like tinny 128k uh, Britney Spears style, style stuff with no kind of dynamic range in it whatsoever so what's your take on that is the is the iPod in, in that respect a good thing or a bad thing in, from your view uh, that's a big question um, I think one thing that the iPod has done is I think it's gotten people to start listening to music more, with good or bad music. It, I yeah. think people are listening to music more. Uh, I mean, you see, you see, and, uh, this is uh, absolutely no offense to older sort of seniors, but you, you do see seniors walking around with iPods every once in a while listening to music, and I think yeah. it's great. You wouldn't have necessarily have seen them with the Sony Walkman, you know, no. uh, carrying cassettes around back in the day. Uh, so I think I think it's done really well be, in that area. It's gotten people listening to it more. As far as the quality of what they're listening to, that's very, a big open topic. Um, it's it's the questions posed to me quite a bit about uh, when we're in the process of recording a record, for example, and we go we go through all this painstaking tasks to make it the best quality possible. But and then every once in a while, someone will step back and say, "But it's just going to be listened to in an iPod. What does it matter?" That's the thing. It's like, what does it matter? And you have to ask yourself, why are we recording this and who are we recording it for? As a professional engineer, I have to and I want to try to get my original raw material as good as it can be. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you can't really work, uh, I don't feel you can work, um, you know, uh, sort of imagining or guessing what people are going to be listening to it on or how their perspective is going to uh, be affected by it. Um, you know, so on. I don't know if this is answering your question or not, but uh, I, it's. I think that people have become accustomed to less quality. Yeah, um, is really what it comes down to. And you know, I guess on the occasions where they actually hear something that sounds good through really great speakers, they're really blown away by it. Um, I, I, again, I don't know if that's yeah. answers to the question, but no, that's I, I think so. I, yeah. I, I'm. I always think, you know, all of these things are fairly relative anyway, because the music I grew up listening to, I was listening to on. You know, uh, kind of portable stereo devices and car radios and uh, AM radios and that sort of thing, which, you know, in in all in all real respects, sounded a heck of a lot worse than than any iPod you'll come across. Yeah. There was hiss, there was static, there was dropouts, there was tape damage, there was all this yeah. kind of stuff, which you just don't or get just with output on mono. Yeah, you just don't get that with dig- with digital music. So from that that perspective, it's a lot better. Yeah, it's not it's not it's no audio file setup. It's n- it's not something you know. It's the content. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to jump in, but that's exactly the next point I was going to make. It really doesn't matter. Uh, if, 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 if it's great music, if it's, you know, if you're listening to any Beatles record on any system, it almost doesn't matter. It's better to listen to it on a good system. But, you know, if you're listening to, not to yeah. just Britney Spears, but since you brought it up, if you're listening to her on a great system, it might be nicely produced, but it's not going to do anything for us. No, you know? no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Brit- Britney Sim Spears. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so. I've got these questions down here. What do you like and what do you not like about about the state of Apple today? Yeah, well, um, what I like, I, 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 well, I think it's obvious, but the design of the products they're putting out, I just yeah. think is absolutely amazing. It just keeps getting better. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what this next thing on uh, January 26th is all about, what that's going to look like and what it's going to be able to do. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is, is just the design uh, – the attention to detail. The attention to detail, the, the overall quality, and um, I, I like that they're really taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I don't, uh, yeah, I, it's it's inter- that's also a good question. Um, you know, I've always 
I, I always wanted Apple to, Apple to take over the world. And at the same time, however, um, as the market share grows, I almost feel, and this is completely sounding like a snob, but uh, I almost feel like the eliteness of it and the specialness of Apple is kind of going away a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I had a, a little argument with my sister-in-law who owns an iPhone and a MacBook, and she doesn't know the first thing about using them, let alone, letting alone properly taking care of them. And I... I uh, uh, I uh, I kind of uh, yelled at her one day and said, "You don't deserve to own an app." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure that went over really, really well. Yeah. But uh, but that's I and mean, it's it's not you know it's not really a good way to be. But that's that I just feel Apple's been very special and we have our own little club and now it's just growing into the mass. <laughs> I I think I think that's a legitimate concern. Um, obviously, as it becomes. I, the the real the real thing that kind of indicated Apple's recognition of this to me was when they dropped the Apple computer, uh, mm-hmm. and became Apple Inc. I mean, I think they are like like it or not, they are a mass market consumer electronics company nowadays, and and that means that they won't they won't be able to curry up and pander to the the true Mac faithful in the way perhaps that they have done in the past, and and, and let's face it, they never really have. They've they've always been at a bit of an arm's length from from parts of the Mac community, particularly the more uh, kind of obsessive types who who really get into it. You know, the guys who yeah. have the tattoos and and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know like to dress up as Steve Jobs and everything. I, I was watching that um, uh, Mac Mac's docu- documentary the the other night, and uh, there was a few of those guys on there. And I was, was some guy who had a ponytail. Yeah, I, I saw I saw um, I saw both uh, both of my co-hosts in there actually because I saw Larry Larry lurking in the audience during the uh, an old fat guy in a, a, a round corduroy jacket. <laughs> so um, you know, and it and, wasn't Steve Jobs. But I, I was well, I was I was I was watching that with my wife, and and she kind of she she kind of looks at me. She said. She said, "Blimey, I didn't." She said, "I thought you were bad, but these some of these guys really take the biscuit." Um, Who are these people? <laughs> but uh, but I said, "Well, you know, it's it's a documentary. Obviously, you're going to find the the more extreme types because that's that's that plays good to, good to the, uh, the 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 documentary the ethos." Yeah. But um, but you know, I mean, Apple has never particularly kind of carried up to those to 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 that that part of the community. You know, they've always been a little bit. Uh, you know, they they don't give people sneak peeks and, and and particular secret access to what they're doing. They just announce it to everybody all at the same time. So um, perhaps it's no surprise they're moving away from that. But I think I think well, over the actually, you know, Dave, I don't think you know, like you said, they never really did, but no. they didn't have to because there were so many others that were willing to pick up the ball and run with it. Yeah, they did in the eighties. Uh, I I went to. Se- uh, se- several uh, uh, user group meetings. Well, no, uh, uh, not not disclosure meetings uh, uh, that Apple ga- gave to, to my my employer, and, and right. uh, uh, either uh, in, in a cl- closed door meeting room at work, or or uh, at that time Apple had had, had a large uh, large bit uh, business center uh, uh, here in right. South Florida, and okay. we, we'd go out there and yeah. Get get previews of stuff. Not, okay, but that that was that was kind of business thing. That wasn't just you know that that was when Apple still tried tried to, to go after after the business yeah. market. Yeah, I see, I see. Um, I mean, what about in in the audio field, Dave? Do you do you feel like that they've um, they've pre- obviously the creative industries have been a have long been a mainstay of of Apple's uh, kind of business? Do you do you, you know do you see that? Kind of, they're less interested in that nowadays. Uh, I don't think so. I think, well, in in my uh, narrow uh, niche that I uh, that I kind of deal with with uh, with Pro Tools and, and Apple, Apple works very closely with Digidesign and vice versa. And 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 uh, when there's a new operating system that's released, uh, Digidesign will really wait until Apple has it together and vice versa. Um, yeah. I, you know, they, the the. Uh, I guess no. I, I don't see that. No. Really. I, I see no. them really holding, holding, uh, holding true to the uh, definitely to the audio field, and I guess the video field too, from the little little bit that I know about it. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, and, and when you're running a Mac Pro, when you're running uh, uh, Pro Tools on a Mac Pro, uh, one of the newer Mac Pro towers, it's, as I said earlier, I 
I've I've run some sessions where I try to push it to the limit and I can't. It's just yeah. it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. bulletproof these things. You know? The only thing I hope is that as they as they become more mass market and gain more market share, that they don't do what we have seen in the, in the past with some of their tools. I mean, if you look at what they did with iMovie, um, it went from being something that was kind of a a cut down version of a of a much larger and more complicated product into something that became so consumer orientated that um, in fact a lot of the you know the, the cool functionality was lost I'd really hate if they did that to GarageBand which is uh, is still at the moment you know kind of like a, a, a very low down subset of something like Pro Tools or, or Logic um, you know and well, I'd hate, it, I'd hate to see more, it be- it's more like a cut down version of uh, Soundtrack yeah but I'd hate to see it become something that is kind of is so pared back because to make it so easy to use for the novice that in fact it lost a lot of the abilities it currently has. Yeah, so. I don't I don't I haven't I've only kind of dabbled with GarageBand a little bit, but I think it's set up in a really nice way. It's like you said it's not so basic that you can't do anything with it, but uh but you can dial up things like compressors and EQs and with the presets that they've put in there it makes it really accessible for just the average user with a relatively small learning curve. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you, you, I think you mentioned to us you're not going to be able to go to MacWorld this year. Have you been before? No, I haven't been, and I, uh, no, I, you know, I. But even for, back in the day when they were uh, having the New York shows. No, I, um, I, I got to say also, it's only been the last few years where I feel like I can almost officially call myself a geek. Um, I've, <laughs> I've used computers in, in studios long, uh, for as I said, for quite a while, but it really sort of jumping into you know well i think you know what did it is podcasts like this one yeah. in particular um i listened to probably about eight or nine uh, podcasts i subscribed to um and that happened when i got my first ipod and yeah. uh that really just opened up this world of geekiness that i fell in love with you know uh, and and that's really what as i said that's really when i started to really dive into the, the meat of it Okay. So, so no, I haven't. But trade shows, they, I, I have a hard time with them sometimes. Anyway, I've been to so many audio trade shows, and uh, they just they, they're a little overwhelming. You know, it's just where do you start, and you, you feel like you can never have enough time to get everything in. So, it's it's. <laughs> I still would like to go. I like to get. I would like to get the experience. It's too bad I won't get to see Mac at any uh, Apple at anymore though. Yeah, but to be honest with you, you can go to Macworld and, and not really see Apple because yeah. everyone wants to go to the keynote and um, the last few years it's been just impossible to get into anyway. Sure. So um, what it, I, I think would be, it would be nice from my perspective is if, if some of the events that Apple starts doing now, they, they were able to find a way to stream them live so uh, more people could, uh, could see them at the same time. Yeah, because um, it's just not, it's not really the same. You, you can, you can kind of catch a live a live. Um, text or text stream on like Engadget and some of yeah. the tech sites, but it's not mm-hmm. really the same thing as actually, you know, seeing what's going on on stage and listening to, you know, either Tim Cook or uh, or Steve Jobs and and you know it's I, I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, both actually uh, Larry was there as well. We were just talking about that with Macheads. We saw the uh, the iPhone announcement. Yeah, yeah, quite um, an event. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Got yeah. trampled getting into it. that. I mean, think about where that being at that event. What that will, what you'll be able to say in the next 15 years or something. Yeah. You know that I saw the first Apple, uh, the first iPhone being announced and introduced. Yes, it, it changed the world. Uh, uh, definitely. I mean, certainly, um, certainly was something brand new. And 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 I think people who come to it nowadays are kind of. Of forgetting how how different the cell phone industry was before the iPhone yeah, came along, absolutely. you know, every time and there's been all this fuss over the Google Nexus phone um, uh, with with CES going on recently, and and their announcements there, and kind of people are just forgetting that, you know, Apple kind of hit it out of the park on their first try mm-hmm. with something that was completely revolutionary, and uh, everyone else is still struggling to catch up, and uh, even Google's latest isn't quite there yet, so uh, so definitely is uh, definitely is something interesting. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break now to um, to take a commercial from uh, Otherworld Computing. We and love Tim. the MacSales.com. We do, and we love to hear from from Tim. It's uh, you know, Tim is the uh, is the owner and publisher of MyMac.com, and um, he uh, he works for Otherworld Computing now, and has been doing some great work with them on a, on a new podcast, Otherworld yep. uh, OWC Radio. OWC Radio, and and uh, yeah, I, I, that's definitely on my to do list in iTunes. 
Abs- definitely, yeah, just doing some great stuff there. But he likes to he likes to drop a, a quick commercial in um, and talk to us about something new from other world computing. So we'll let him uh, do that, and we'll come back to you in a moment. I'm Hey folks, Tim Robertson for OWC Radio, MacSales.com. That's the name of the new podcast. Hope you've checked it out by now. You know, Guy Searle and David Cohen last week was talking about running a newer macOS on an older machine. And yep, you can do it, occasionally, if you can figure out how to install it. But what happens when you get home and you've got a newer machine and you hit the power button and the machine doesn't boot? You can grab your DVD boot up from that, and run disk permissions or disk repair from the utilities. But what happens if that doesn't work? It doesn't always work, you know. Well, if you're real smart, you can go buy a copy of, I don't know, Drive Genius or Disk Warrior, one of those programs. You can boot up from that, and maybe that will fix it. But maybe not. Here's an idea. All the different utility programs you have, you can put on an external FireWire or USB hard drive, and you can boot from that hard drive. It's going to be a lot faster to boot up your machine that way. You've got a perfectly functioning OS on an external hard drive, and you can repair your machine that way. It's pretty cool. Now, what I would suggest is the OWC Mercury On-The-Go bus-powered portable solution. Honestly, you can get one of these at 120 gigabytes for $100. Now, you could also go with just the FireWire 400 USB 2.0 combo for $74.99. But if you have a Mac that you can boot up via USB, and that's pretty much all the Macs recently, 120 gigs, $59.99. Install the Mac OS on it. 120 gigs is, it's plenty of space to install a Mac OS and all the utility programs that you buy to try to repair that hard drive. It's the way I do it. And I suggest you do the same thing because when you hit that power button and it doesn't boot up, there's nothing worse, trust me. So check it out at MacSales.com. Thank you very much for that, Tim. Always good to hear from you. And uh, as we said before, I do recommend uh, if you get a chance to subscribe to Tim's other world o- OWC radio podcast. It's uh, very interesting, and uh, he's uh, he's really going great guns over there. So we had a uh, we had a, a an email that Tim forwarded to me actually from a from a listener um, by the name of Cindy Duncan who was trying to having some difficulty setting up email on her iPhone, uh, and I thought it'd be worth just talking about this a little bit because there is quite a few ways of doing this the the iphone in question was was for her husband and she wanted to get his email on there and she tried to doing it um she tried doing it manually by setting it up on the phone and just found it wasn't working very well um so uh she was just wondering how how to do it and whether we could offer any advice um so so i kind of uh, I went through the iTunes settings, and, I, and one of the things that it, I don't know if, if if you guys who, who are iPhone users have come across this, but I, the actual uh, interface within iTunes for setting up the iPhone, I think, is is actually a little bit poor because there's a there's a kind of a there's a tab that has a whole pile of settings in, but because it's not obvious that it kind of scrolls down and it's about five or six pages long, it's really easy to see it and assume it actually doesn't really do anything. But in fact, if you connect an iPhone to iTunes uh, and then go to the Info tab, you'll see Mobile Me and Contacts listed, um, but there is actually a scroll bar. And if you drag that down, there's a whole pile of different settings you can set. And the idea behind this screen is to allow you to replicate settings on your Mac to your iPhone. And if you scroll right down to the bottom, there is a Mail tab at the bottom there, and you can actually sync particular Mail accounts that are set up in Mail.app. Um, on your Mac, uh, and those will then the settings will then be squirted over to the iPhone, not the email itself, just the settings, and the iPhone will then be automatically configured to um, 
to then uh, to then uh, conf- be configured to to read those mail accounts. So I recommended to her that that was something she might want to try. But what That's I probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, absolutely. Now I did I did warn uh, before anybody goes diving into this, going, oh great. I do warn you if you have anything set up in your iPhone, this will overwrite it. So um, um, you need to be careful. Uh, you know, if you've just never, if you could just go up to any old Mac and kind of set this up, you run the risk of wiping things off your iPhone. You don't want to. So just, just kind of be, be careful. There is actually below the, um, uh, the, the, the mail account setting, there's an advanced settings tabs where it, it asks you which mail account you want to overwrite. So you can use that to kind of control what goes over there, but that is the easiest way of doing it, but it's not the only way of doing it. And, um, you know, it's, it's worth bearing in mind that, you can access email on various different ways on a, on a, a network connected device like an iPhone or an iPod Touch. I mean, for instance, if you're using Gmail, then one way of doing it is to actually not set up the mail client on the iPhone at all, but just go to Gmail directly from the web browser. The um, I don't know if you've, if, uh, if you guys have ever used it, but the the interface, the custom interface that Gmail presents to the iPhone and the iPod Touch. Is extremely rich, even though it's really? configured I, I, for a small yeah, I've, screen. I've never, I've never tried that. It's amazing, actually. I, I, got, I have my own iPhone is set up to access Gmail via IMAP, which I'll talk about in a minute. So my mail client can actually see all my Gmail. But sometimes, particularly if I want to search for something, um, I find it much easier to go to the actual Gmail page via the iPhone, and you get something that looks very much like an iPhone mail client, but has all of the Gmail functionality built into it. So you have all the the, the lists and the tags and and um, the search boxes and kind of pretty much everything you would want to do um, if you were using Gmail in front of a web browser on a, on, a, on a full computer, you can kind of do on the iPhone. And it's all configured for the screen. It all works very natively. And kind of the concepts I think Steve Jobs was driving at when he first, you know, when the iPhone first came out, he said people should develop apps on the web for it rather than worry about developing native apps for the iPhone. Um, I think that's kind of what he had in mind. And, and Google have really pulled off an astounding job. So if you've not seen that before, even just for your interest, if you have a Google Mail account, uh, Gmail account, go up to um, mail.google.com from your iPhone's web browser and have a look at the interface because it's something to see. Guy, have, yes. you, have you ever used IMAP on your iPhone? Uh, I, have, I have a couple of IMAP accounts. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry you asked me that. <laughs> I'm not ready. Um, I use IMAP on mine. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what, what I like. Yeah, well, my, my, my AOL account, which yeah. you know, I've had since the early 90s, uh, is an That's IMAP so account. so retro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a rebel. Yeah. Um, and I think and it'll never, ever be any good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think that's the only IMAP account I have yeah. on. Well, the good thing about IMAP, IMAP is a mail protocol, and it's um, the mail protocol most people use is is POP, uh, and POP is 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 pretty much the kind of standard mail. But I, the reason IMAP is better in my opinion than POP is uh, principally because IMAP will replicate mail to a different uh, mail uh, service or a, or a device, and yet it le- still leaves it available on the server where you got it from. So it's kind of like a view into the server rather than actually being a full download and replication. The problem with POP is that if you download a mail on your iPhone, then it's downloaded. And if you then go into mail.app, it won't appear in mail.app from the same account because it's been downloaded once already. And most servers are configured to only download mail once on every synchronization session. Whereas IMAP isn't like that. IMAP it basically is a view. So effectively, um, it is, it's a very simple way of allowing you to see the same mail account from multiple devices and keep them all in synchronization without having to do a lot of data download. So the uh, mail account in the, the mail uh, program on the iPhone will support IMAP just as well as it will pop. Um, and most um, mail services will give you instructions on how to configure that up. And definitely if you, if you kind of on the go, if you, most of us kind of use mail.app at home and then uh, on the go they're using their iPhone to keep up with their mail. IMAP is definitely the way to go for that because if you read a mail on your iPhone when you're out on the, out on the go, when you get home that mail will still appear in your uh, mail.app list but it will appear as a red mail. And any replies you've made will also appear in mail.app with the, if you've made them from the iPhone. So it basically it keeps the mail account completely in synchronization without an awful lot of effort. Um, so, uh, 
you know, it's worth checking with your mail provider if they have that option to to use IMAP, and then uh, ask them how to configure that up on the uh, on the iPhone because it's fairly it's fairly easy to do. You just basically give it um, the same mail server addresses, but just set the settings to IMAP rather than uh, right. rather than pop. Is that how you use it? Use it, Dave. Uh, that's exactly how I use it. I have um, uh, I have a mobile me account that I use for most of my work related email. Uh, which is obviously IMAP between uh, uh, on the iPhone as well as my yeah. mail.app. And I have a Gmail account for personal that I also had an old pop account through our uh, ISP that I now forward to Gmail that works seam- uh, seamlessly. Yeah. Uh, when I first got the iPhone, I was trying to use my pop email through my website um, and it was only pop that was offered and it was driving right. me crazy. It's like, this has got to stop. So I, yeah. <laughs> so I signed up for mobile me and it, just, it works great. It's beautiful. Like you yeah. said, uh, any sent emails will show up in your sent folder on all your devices and computers. And if you go through the web interface, it's all, it's all mirrored. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's the only way to go as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I hope that, um, that answers Cindy's question. I did, I did email her back to that to that effect as well and so uh so uh cindy if, you, if you're still struggling with that then then let us know we'll still try and help you out but worth saying to any any of our listeners if you have any technical queries like that you think you might be able we might be able to help you with um if we don't know and let's face it a lot of times we don't but we certainly know people who do um we've yes. got we've got such a wide variety of of people on the MyMac staff from uh, different backgrounds and with different experiences that we can normally uh, find an answer to uh, to most questions. Or if we can't find an answer, we can kind of point you in the right direction. So uh, I would encourage you to uh, get in touch with us if you feel that um, you have something you've been wrestling with and you want to share it with us because we also like talking about it on the podcast. So um, Macworld is coming. It's only a few weeks away now. Yep. Um, we're all going to be there. Um, well, guy, um, guy, you and I can. Yeah, yeah. Dave, you'll be there. You with, you'll you'll I'll be, be there with us in spirit, absolutely. Because exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's worth saying, guy, that we. I mean, we 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 look to turn out a ton of content when we're there. Don't oh we? yeah. Um, oh yeah. We were just talking before the before we start recording this evening about the the video equipment going to have with us. Um, we have a, a podcast slot on the main stage on Thursday, the first day of the expo part of the show. Um, we'll be there at five thirty in the afternoon on the main stage, right in the middle of the show four floor. Thir- Sorry, four thirty thir- to five thirty, right in the middle of the show floor. Um, so, right among all the booths and everything, there's the, the podcasting stage. So, we'll be there. We'll be doing a live show. Um, we will hopefully we'll be interacting with as many people as possible in on the if, show floor. Yeah, if if you have if you're going to be at the show and you have questions or you have comments or you know you want to hit me in the middle of my head, just you know, raise your hand and, and come on up. And but yeah. I will defend myself. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, trust me, guy knows how to defend himself in, <laughs> in a variety of interesting and yet strangely painful ways. Yes, <laughs> most of them. Most of them are, are illegal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in what, certain countries. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what we will be doing uh, as well as as the uh, the podcast, which obviously we're kind of um, we're, we're very much looking forward to. Um, we will be um, touring the show floor and interviewing vendors. Uh, anything interesting we see, we'll be looking to generate audio and video content. And um, quite a few of the of the writing staff hopefully will be at the show as well, and we'll be blogging. And we we ha- we generate an awful lot of stuff during uh, MacWorld, and um, we try as much as possible to share our experiences, what we're seeing, and what we're what we're feeling about the show with you, our audience, both on the website and, and here on the podcast. So that's kind of what we, we'll be doing. But of course, you know, what a lot of people look look to Macworld for is is for new product, new devices, new hardware, new software, new announcements. So um, I just thought it'd be worth kind of just do a run around among the people here on the podcast this evening and try and understand what it is you were, you were hoping to see or anticipated to see at Macworld this year. So, uh, Dave, you're our guest. Would, would you uh, like me to put you on the spot first, or do you need a bit of time? Uh, put me on the spot. Okay. Well, what are you hoping to see this year? Um, well, uh, the um, of course, the obvious thing is I'm, I'm really curious to see what they uh, what they announce at the end of the month, as I said earlier mm-hmm. in the show. Um, I, I, I don't know what... I, you know, you hear all those, uh, all the talk and the uh, speculation on what it's going to be, the tablet, the slate, whatever, and the people are trying to find out what, um, uh, what, who it's going to cater to and who would be interested in it. And then you hear some of the people that are commenting on these things, uh, saying that it's not necessary. They're not going to find any use for it. And what could it be? And they're, 
I think basically anything that Apple's going to put out along these lines and, and, the, and the kind of uh, uh, what's leading up to it, I think it's just, we don't, I don't think we can even imagine what it's going to be and it's going to blow us away um, yeah. when they eventually, when they eventually uh, announce it. So that, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I assume they'll put out another phone in June that will, I hope, chew up and spit out the Nexus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think just uh, improving and, and continuing to move forward in their in their product line. Yeah, um, it's, it's interesting. The the, I mean, I, I think I think as we record this, they've not actually confirmed that there's going to be an event on the at the end of the month. Oh, it's but, still oh, it's still a rumor. Okay, uh, it's still a rumor, but it, it's it's a fairly solid rumor as rumors yeah, go. I mean, they they, yeah. they have they have they have space Yeah, yeah. they like, reserved the space. Yeah. Okay. So um, and we don't know what they're going to announce. Like, there's speculation that the, the kind of a tablet, some sort of new tablet device, yeah. um, is coming along, and everyone's very intrigued by that. And what I find incredibly amusing about all of this, obviously, Apple has not officially announced that that they're going to do anything in, in larger tablets or, or mm-hmm. touch devices at all. And yet, despite that, all of their competitors have been scrambling to get into yeah. the tablet space, which uh, tablet computing is something I've been into for a long time. I have a few tablet computers of my own, and uh, you know I've had a few over the years, and I really like the concept. It's just the execution that kind of has always fallen a little bit flat for me. Um, but I, I think, you know, using... As the iPhone itself has proved, using um, different ways of in- interacting with these sort of devices can be really powerful. Um, and certainly before uh, what you were just saying, Dave, put me in, in mind of what we, was, we were talking about before, about the launch of the iPhone. Before the iPhone came along, people were kind of going, oh, Apple, Apple phone, it'll just be a, an iPod with a phone kind of jammed into it somehow. It, it, won't, be, it won't be particularly interesting. It won't be particularly... Um, game changing and of course it was and that's because people didn't really have any concept of what it was going to be like exactly. and I suspect a, a tablet would be much along the same lines I don't think it would just be a a big iPod a big iPhone or a big yeah. iPod touch I think it would be disappointing if that's all it was so uh, it will be interesting to see for me I've, I've got to say <laughs> I've been on this quest while I've been out here in the States to get a magic mouse and uh, I can't get one anywhere, and it's really frustrating. <laughs> I, they are. I, I've been into every single Apple store and Best Buy in the South Florida area um, that I can get to, and there's a, all in all about five or six different locations, and none of them have them in. And you say, "Are you getting them in?" And you kind of get, "Well, we get two or three at a time, and they sell out straight away." So you really kind of need to be here within an hour of them arriving at the store, and then maybe we can sell you one. Yeah. Um, and and it's just crazy, and it, it appears that it is magic. I, have you gone to the one that's near uh, Larry's? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in fact, that's where I had that exact conversation because I kind of. I vented a little my frustration, the fact that nobody had these things in. And I even thought about ordering one online, but the kind of the lead time on the Apple website at the moment is about two to three weeks for uh, for delivery of a, of a Magic Mouse. So well, it appears I'm they have guessing, a... I'm guessing if you wait until you come back from Macworld, that there may be a few places you can buy one in San Francisco. I'm, I'm presuming so, but it actually looks like the Magic Mouse is, a, is kind of a sleeper hit uh, here that, that nobody's aware of. Either that or they're having massive production problems with them. Either, one of the two things. So really, that's all I want from Macworld this year is a Magic Mouse. So uh, <laughs> if any, anybody, anybody who's in the vendor trade would like to take pity on me, put one under the oh, counter for me. I will, be, I will be around. If you see my badge, please just... <laughs> Throw one at me, and you've got a guaranteed sale. All I want from from MacWorld is a magic mouse. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Larry? What are you after? Well, what are you, what are you uh, expected to see? My my sister had, had uh, guys. My sister has has a, a learning disabled daughter, and Nancy, we love you, Caitlin. Nancy has tried every. Uh, Type of uh, tablet computer no, known to humankind, and, right. and and all have 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 lacked one thing or another. Uh, if, if Apple's going going to do going to do a, a, a tablet device, I would certainly hope they're they're looking at the education market yeah. uh, very closely. In that, uh, uh, other than that, uh, be, being the media geek that I am, I'm 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 always looking for for better, easier, more fun. Ways to to do things with your home theater. Right. Uh, uh, for for me, the biggest frustration I think uh, at this point is how how to control all that stuff from your chair. 
Right. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I must admit, I was a bit surprised the other day. I was we were going to watch some um, some uh, media on the uh, on the MacBook we've got with us, and I was surprised that the remote application on the iPhone won't control front row, um, hmm. which was something I, I'd always assumed it would do because I kind of that. <laughs> makes sense really but it doesn't it will only control it will control itunes but it won't control front row which was i uh, believe a uh, remote does it the free yeah remote. i i saw that but the problem is at the time i was trying to solve the problem my wife was waiting to watch a movie and uh, i was stuck in a hotel room with sucky bandwidth so there was no way she was gonna wait while i said oh. just hold on honey i'll just download a new application so, <laughs> that old uh, excuse yeah so i was i was le- i was left with uh, i was left with uh, getting up uh, when we needed to pause the video and uh Hit the space bar, which was limp bandwidth. Low tech, absolutely. What about you, guy? Um, I think uh, that really, depending on on what's going to happen at the end of the month, you know, there's there's all kinds of ducks that are kind of lining up in a row here. Uh, you've got the this new huge facility in I think it's in North Carolina, four hundred thousand square feet that Apple is building. Oh yeah, and they've never really said so far what that's going to be used for. And then they just bought, uh, they just Servers. bought Lala. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Larry. Okay. Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah. It was farmer Dinkins. Um, I, I think that Apple is, it, you know, between Apple and Disney and, and you know, ABC that they're starting, that, that there's going to be something really, really huge beyond just the tablet beyond you know, just an, a new iPhone that, that, that's going to come out of this product announcement on the 27th. And I, and I think possibly something related to the Apple TV or an Apple TV like product is, is going to be part of that. Now, having said that, as far as the show itself goes, this is really going to be an iPhone centric kind yeah. of expo. Mm. I, I think that a, a large portion of the people that are coming that are going to be displaying new products are you know they're either going to be software or hardware vendors yeah i i'd like to see some new types of of hardware to be available for the iphone you know possibly even a small bluetooth keyboard that would be kind of cool yeah. um i was talking to tim last week about having a uh, an ir remote Along with like a battery pack, you know, because I've got the Mophie Juice Pack Air on, on my iPhone. Because yeah. quite frankly, the, the the battery life on you know the the, the iPhone itself on a three and a three GS kind of suck. But with the Mophie Juice Pack Air, you know, it adds a little bit of bulk to it. But along with that bulk, you've you've got some different things you could do. You, you could put like an IR transmitter on it and then use it as a remote control. Yeah. And have it have it set up to where you put in the product codes of whatever gear that you have, and it configures itself in such a way that that you can do that. Now I know that there is a product that that sort of does that, but it's it's kind of bulky and it sticks out the back of it where the yeah. uh, where the docking connection is, and it, it's not very elegant. And if you're going to create hardware for something like the iPhone. It needs to be. It needs to be elegant. There's, yeah. there's plenty of battery packs out there that you can just plug into it, but the only one that looks like it's part of it, as far as I'm concerned, is the Mophie Juice Pack Air. Yeah. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking to see what some of the iPhone uh, software developers are going to be coming out with. They're coming out. You know, I mean, there's new stuff coming out every single day with, with between the the accelerometer and multi-touch and the the touch screen. And people are combining these in ways that probably even Apple hadn't thought of. Yeah. And and there's some really really cool stuff coming out, and I'm really excited to see some of that coming out on the uh, in the MacWorld Expo. Well, you can. I mean, as you say, God, there's going to be a big Apple developer, iPhone developer presence there. There's a dedicated part of the show floor for them, and we'll certainly be uh, be pounding the sh- the show corridors there, seeing what there is and passing it on to uh, to all of our listeners and and uh, followers on the website. So that will be definitely interesting. And I'd like to see some interesting hardware as well. That, that will, new new gadgets that you plug in your iPhone. Now, to me, that's kind of gadget nirvana. Is sure. uh, <laughs> combining things with your iPhone, so that'd be great. Okay, well, um, we're nearly at an hour, so I think that will do it for this week. Um, just one thing to say, just one final thing to say about about MacWorld. Obviously, we've talked about um, ourselves podcasting from the main stage on Thursday, um, yes. but 
Tim and his uh, OWC radio show will be closing out the show on the Saturday. Um, yeah, I think he's got, what, five to six? That's right. So it's uh, kind of late in the day um, after a kind of a long show, but uh, he's going to be there and he's going to be finishing things off and really kind of um, um, sending the show off with a bang, we hope. And so if you are planning to attend uh, I would, uh, and you're a fan of Tim and you've, you miss hearing his voice here on the podcast, uh, then I would very strongly encourage you to kind of see if you can hang around to the end of the show and uh, participate with him on the main stage um, at, on the Saturday at Macworld and he'll be podcasting live don't know what he's going to be doing yet I'll be interested to see how he's going to do that because obviously well, we don't know what we're going to be doing yet well we don't but uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously Tim is a Tim is a you know he, he kind of runs the show himself and then he brings people in and out so he has an opportunity to kind of pull something uh, really quite interesting together so it will be interesting to see what what he what he manages to do, uh, I'm I'd sure he will. Forward to it. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Uh, he will send the show off in style, uh, and um, and that will be good. So I'm looking forward to that too. So thanks everybody for listening, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh man, it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's, it was a dream come true. Uh, am I able to give a little plug for my website? Absolutely. I was just about to ask where we could find more about you. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually called WoodstockWorkshop.com. My uh, the, the sort of educational side of what I do is the Woodstock Recording Workshop. So it's WoodstockWorkshop.com. And I want to apologize in advance for the uh, antiquated look of it. I am in the midst of updating it so but all the information is there so if anyone has any questions about this kind of stuff please feel free to contact me brilliant and we'll make sure that that is in the show notes for the show as well so uh, you can just click a link on off the mymap page and and get through to that um, right. and, it, and yeah i'm sorry to cut you off but uh, it's 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 really been a lot of fun i wish we can go another hour with this but um i appreciate you guys having me on and you guys are also doing a great job in the absence of tim i miss him but you're doing a great job <laughs> thank, thank you thank you very much we we appreciate it and sure. uh, we will continue continue to strive to improve and uh and uh we really enjoy doing it and we're we're very much we're very much committed and we should be committed so (laughs) (laughs) well thanks thanks very much david you have um you're on twitter are you on twitter at all no i was talking to him about this i don't do the twitter or facebook thing no Uh, it's just it's another thing that i have to manage and i and i just yeah, haven't crossed that road yet. I, I, I appreciate I appreciate what you're saying there. Yeah. So, uh, okay, well, well, we'll 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 send people through to your website definitely. If you want to, uh, if you want to interact directly with me on Twitter, I am on there and on occasion. Um, I'm David B. Cohen, and Guy, you are. I am Mac Parrot. It's on uh, Twitter. And as we found out last week, uh, Larry is also in the non-Twitter camp, but you can find him at mymac.com. Mymac.com. Yes, and and I've got a couple a couple of websites. Uh, uh, Got uh, GrinnellFamily.org and uh, LarryGrinnell.com. Brilliant. Okay. Show notes. Uh, we'll also have links to those as well for those who are interested. Thanks, everyone. Everyone. And uh, next week I will be back in the UK. So um, I will You'll be. be tired. I'll be tired and cold probably, but uh, I will be relaxed from from being out here in Florida. So thanks very much for the studio facilities, Larry. No problem. And we'll Just catch you all next week. Thanks, guys. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. 